Welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. We pray that this may be a blessing to you, and God's Word would dwell richly within your heart. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Last year, through our Lenten midweek services, we went through the Ten Commandments and their meanings as we desired to delve deeper into the Catechism and what it teaches us. This year, we'll be taking a look at the Apostles' Creed, the concise summary of our faith in God, the creed of our baptism, the creed that the Catechism itself recommends be prayed twice daily, once at waking up and once before going to bed. The creed which may easily be summarized by us to tell the gospel to someone who asks, so what do you believe? Though tonight we will be beginning where the creed begins, with the beginning, with creation. Before we begin, however, we'll speak together. What is the first article of the creed? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes and ears and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger and guards and protects me from all evil. All this he does out of fatherly, divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness in me. For all this it is my duty to thank and praise serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. As we can see in the small catechism, meant for the head of the household to teach his family the fundamentals of the Christian faith, this beginning of the creed and its explanation focuses on primarily God's relationship to us. It is indeed true that God created all things, as we heard especially in our first reading. From the stars and the vastness of space to the smallest particles which make them up and all other matter and, frankly, spiritual things which do not have matter. And it is fine and good that we know this. But what the small catechism wants us to focus on, wants us to see, is that God has created us Two, God did not create everything and set them up and walk away to see how it would go on without him, like some sort of cosmic clockmaker. No, God is continually creating. He is continually active in his creation. And yes, he uses natural means to do so, yet he is still active in and through them. You are not just the random byproduct of natural reproduction, a consciousness that is somehow developed within the genetic material that you received from your parents. 
This is how the world sees it, looking simply at what it can see. A random group of genes, half from your parents, or half from your mother, half from your father. Which ones? Who knows? And then, boom, you. And somehow, your brain is able to do things so that you can think and talk and know that you exist and all the rest. Rather, that's how the world sees it. That's all they can see. But that's not what God has done. Yes, God does use procreation in order to create life, but he is ultimately the author of life, and he guides it. You could not have been someone else. Rather, the Lord said to Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And David sings in the Psalms, For you informed my inward parts, you wove me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Yes, God not only created our first parents and all the creatures then on the sixth day, and previous for the flying and swimming ones, but he continues to create now. And yes, sometimes because of our fallen nature, diseases and illnesses may reach us even in the womb, but know this still, that you included are created by God. All things, including you, are created by God. Yes, he created you and provided you with all that you have, body, soul, and all that is needed to support it. And just as God did not create in the beginning just to walk away and see how it plays out, so too he did not merely create you and leave you all on your own. Yes, just as God creates, so too he provides. And we have two very beautiful pictures of this in our readings this evening. The first is from the creation account in Genesis. Here we see God, even in creating, was providing for his future creatures whom he did not yet create. For when he creates, first he creates the habitats, the homes, for his creatures, and then in the same order that he creates them, he fills them. The day after creating light, the second day, God created the heavens. The next day, he gathered the waters into seas so that the land appears. Then the day after, he covered the dry land with grass, herbs, and fruit trees. After creating these places, he then fills them in order. He creates the sun and the moon and the stars. These he places in the firmament of the heavens. That is, he places them within the space that he had created for them so that they may have their place in giving light to the earth during the day and night and for the keeping of time. Then he creates the birds of the air and all that dwell in the water. He has made these places habitable for them, and then he fills them with living creatures and blesses them. The next day he fills the dry land. After creating a habitat with food and shelter, he creates all that dwells in the land, including Adam and Eve. 
But our gospel gives us an even more clear picture of God's provision for his creatures, especially with an eye on his care and providing for you. People at that time, as they are now, are what were wont to worry about the necessities of life. They are called necessities for a reason. We need food and drink and clothing to survive. It makes sense, we think, to worry about them. Yet our Lord says in his Sermon on the Mount, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? He sees how his people worry over and fret over these things, but he tells them they do not need to. Why? Because worrying over these things does not really help. Worrying over these things does not provide them. Worrying does not help you, and even it hurts you. Moreover, it distracts you. It takes your eyes off of God, your creator, and puts them on mammon, your possessions. If you're always worried about filling your belly, then you will soon worry about and focus on simply gathering in as many goods as possible to prevent that empty stomach from happening again. Instead of doing this, trust in the Lord who made you. To help us see why we should, Jesus gives us two illustrations. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Our Lord points us to the wild birds, the sparrows, the swallows, the chickadees, the crows, and all the rest. No matter how intelligent they may be, they cannot do what we do. They can't prepare for what's ahead. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns. They don't do these things that we need to do in order to eat. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Are you not? Our Lord tells us, yes, yes, you are. God is the creator of the birds, and he is your creator too. But he is also your Father. For he sent his Son not to become a bird, to die for the sins of the birds, but to become a man so that he might take our sins upon himself, so that by his death he would make satisfaction for them, so that we might be forgiven. God, your creator, is also your father, because he has adopted you through holy baptism. He has united you to his son. Will not God, who gave his son into death for you, not also feed you? Yes, yes, he will. So why do you worry about clothing, says our Lord? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Our God likewise cares for and provides for even the flowers. These lilies of the fields, lilies is... Just what we've decided, thanks to King James, but we really don't know what the flowers were. They're, they're wild flowers. They weren't planted by men, nor tended to by him, but grow on their own. And these plants God has added beauty to. He has clothed them with splendid flowers, beautiful flowers of every color imaginable. 
Yet they have done nothing to get these things for themselves. They have this beautiful raiment, even though their life is very short. One day it is there, and the next it is gone. If God so provides such clothing for the wild flowers, will he not even provide the most rudimentary clothing for you? Yes, our Lord Jesus says, yes, he will. For God clothed Adam and Eve with animal skins after the fall, and he clothes you with the robe of Christ's righteousness, so that you may stand confidently before God in faith, not just for a short while, but for all eternity. If he has done this, will he not also grant you clothing for this life? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. The Gentiles, that is, in this context, the pagan Gentiles, those that don't know the God of creation, those that don't know him who gave his only begotten Son, so that whoever believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. They seek these things because they fear that they must get them for themselves. They seek after them because they can only trust in themselves, according to Benjamin Franklin's famous unbelieving proverb, God helps those only who help themselves. No, that's not the case. Jesus says, your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Your heavenly Father, who gave his Son for you, that you may not die eternally, but live with him forever, knows what you need to live. We do not need to worry about getting these things day to day. Our seeking instead should be after these things, should not be after these things, but after the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You, dear Christian, have been mercifully brought into the kingdom of God by his grace. And, dear Christian, through faith in his Son, Jesus Christ, you have received his righteousness. You have been regenerated, brought back to life by the Holy Spirit. To you, dear Christian, our Lord says, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That is, seek it that you may obtain it all the more. Continually seek that you may, by God's grace, continually find. Hunger and thirst after righteousness, and he will satisfy you. Continually cast off the works of darkness, the robe of your self-righteousness, and the old self through repentance, that you may be clothed with Christ. Seek him in his word and sacraments, where he has promised that you will find him. Seek ever greater union with him, to ever more attain his gifts, to ever deepen and increase your faith. If this is our focus, if this is what we seek first, then the rest will be added. Now, this doesn't mean that it comes from nowhere. Of course not. We do not say, I am seeking the kingdom of God, and I expect God every morning to make me breakfast and have it on my table because I've done my prayers. No, we will find that food and clothing and all the rest God gives to us through means. To not seek after these things, then, means that we must not always worry about attaining them or build our lives around getting them or other physical or worldly things. 
Rather, we are to live centered on God's word, seeking his kingdom, his righteousness. That means taking a lower-paying job to remain near church, near the place that God promised to be, then so be it. He will still provide for you, even if you're not making as much as you think you ought to make. If it means that your child or grandchild cannot play high-level sports because their games or practices are on Sunday, then so be it. God will provide what is necessary for them while building them up in the faith, which is truly necessary. If that means children and grandchildren must go to a different university or school instead of their first choice in order to be near a faithful congregation, so be it. God will still provide for them in body and soul. Your heavenly Father knows that you seek all the, that you need rather all these things. The choices that put our spiritual life on the back burner compared to future possible earnings or future possible opportunities are often made out of a worry for tomorrow. Do not worry about tomorrow, says our Lord, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. There are enough things happening day by day. We ought not fret over tomorrow. This does not mean be wasteful. Of course, we are to faithfully steward what God has given to us because it is not ours, but it is his. Yet the most important thing which he has given to us, which we are to steward, is our faith. If this is central, both at church and at home, we will find just how much God indeed does provide through friends, through neighbors, through our brothers and sisters in Christ. Remember, beloved, that God not only created you, but he has sent his son to die for you. Dear Christian, he has adopted you through his grace and he has made you his child. He has become your father. He will care for you, even as he cares for the wildflowers and the sparrows. Even if it's through means, he will care for you, just as he will use you probably to feed the birds near where you live. How could he not care and love you and provide for you after all that he has done to save you so that you might not be cast off from him forever, but live with him forever? May God grant to us all an ever-increasing faith in him, that we may by his grace seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, so that trusting in him, we may not worry about the needs of this life, but instead receive from him with thanksgiving, and following him in his kingdom, may share with those around us as God's instruments to provide for them. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for joining us. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Bless and preserve you always. Amen.